You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Elena, welcome to Dublin South FM Radio. Hello, Joe. Thank you very much for having me here today. And it is a great honour to have you as well. Um, I think we reached out to you maybe a couple of months ago about because we've seen I seen you being interviewed on online and the information you were sharing intrigued me um and I said well there's someone that has some knowledge wisdom and expertise that I'd like to share with our audience and it's all about leadership and one of the things that you talk about as well is boring boring workshops (laughs) (laughs) Because even that word workshop scares people. So in the copywriting perspective, we try and change the language around what we say to people so we can hook, entice, create curiosity them for them to find out more. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, and I also then... It's about language. So as I say, language is very important. And when we're communicating with people, we need to use the right language for the right audience. So that's why I asked you to come on. I know you're doing some great work with Netflix at the moment. um, And I know that you've worked with some great companies as well. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much, Joe. Yeah, uh, may I pick the, the part about language? I mean, you know, we live in language. Language is everywhere around us. And the moment that we we take a moment to stop and realize how much impact it has on our lives, that's the most crucial moment because we understand the level of communication that happens on a linguistic level. Of course, there is the embodied level and everything, but the language itself, it's so important. There is a very nice uh, metaphor uh, that I, I watched once at that talk and the guy was uh, saying, the Chalmers brothers was saying, do you know when you live in language, it's like a fish living in the water. And when does the fish know that it doesn't live anymore, that things are weird around it? When you take it out of the water, same for us, yeah. But then... I'll throw one back at you. When we do come out of our comfort zone, we do grow. A fish dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between animals and humans. <laughs> when we are talking, so oh, we're trying to help people to find their voice, especially with leaders. You know, the more leaders that we speak to and, and part of this series as well, we probably spoke to some of the top 10, 20 leaders in the world um, and asking them for, you know, their point of view, how they see the world and how they see, you know, to, uh, to, let me rephrase that, how they become, believe they they have become great leaders. So it is about communication. And you said it there as well, it is about looking and it's about how we present ourselves. But the voice has great potential and great power, especially when you're leading a team. So when someone, are leaders born? That's what, like, are leaders born or do they have to, does someone have to have the commitment to be a leader? You know, in general, I don't believe that we are born with we are born with talent because otherwise it would be so sad. You know, everybody would be like, "Yeah, I was born like that, and this is how it it works." And 
There is to some extent, yet yes, some people have this natural talent. Although I don't really believe on that because there's so much research has been done that the influence of the environment and the genetics of a person are coming hand by hand. So I would say we are born and raised in a way that we, we are not able to separate these two. And if I take myself as an example, I was born in a very big family. So I'm the first kid of many of many women, actually. And that by itself, equipment with with some leadership skills, wanted or not, I had to take care of uh, other smaller kids, my sisters. So from a very early stage, I've been cultivating uh, leadership skills. Imagine that I was born in a different family. Things would have been different. But I believe that there is always a possibility to, to cultivate these skills and commitment is such a very big factor in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the youngest of a large family. Oh, so and you had to survive there. So I had to survive. <laughs> and, I, and I think you're right that it's to do as well with your genetic makeup. Um, how you are, how the world is presented to you at a very young age will 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 show you how you should present to that world and what the world will be on offer. Um, I wrote a post there the other day on LinkedIn, just saying, "Have fun." You know, in business, we sort of get caught up in believing that. Everything is so serious, and you know this and that, and and kind of take take your foot off the gas and look at everything, and kind of go, I'm here to enjoy it. If I'm not enjoying it, what the hell is going going on? I love that. I love it. It reminds me of a great mentor of mine who always says, Lena, when I'm stressed, he says, Lena, life is a joke. It's a joke, and I love it. It gives so much perspective. Yeah, and and. If you're having a sucky, crappy day, you're allowed to hit a big red button <laughs> and reset and reset and continue on doing what you're doing. So do we do when you're working with leaders or you're trying to help people develop workshops and do they get caught up in in the minor details that are irrelevant? Yeah, sometimes it happens, of course. and. Uh... Then our role, I think, is more to inspire people to to get them moving, to get them, yeah, yeah, in in a to bring a different perspective in what they are doing, so they can get refreshed, they can get energized out of the workshop or a coaching session or a training program, whatever is what we offer. At least this is my point of view that people sometimes they just come in, you know, heads uh, looking towards the floor arms are crossed and they're like okay another workshop what am we going to listen and i love when they're like okay here we are doing stuff and they stand up they move sometimes we do sports sometimes we dance but there is so much aliveness in them and for me that that's beauty that's beauty yeah we we run days um which are positive party uh days and we've had people do the can-can you know <laughs> And we've had them dressed up in banana suits. Wow. <laughs> okay. So it's like a team building day and everyone comes in stuffing and we basically have them looking in mirrors, dancing. We have pass the parcel games. 
just just getting them to break their heart laughing and when you're seeing you know 20 odd people holding hands and going into a circle and kicking their legs out and in and there's people walking past and there's people walking past looking in the window and they're going what the hell are we doing and they're all breaking their heart laughing and when we break that mold of them coming out of their selves then we start bringing in the self-development and the mindset and everything as well because what we were trying to do is shock them and break them into something that they actually goes do you know what we're here to have fun we're here to have fun on us so yeah it's it's different believe me it is different it's a bit wacky but isn't that's what i'm saying it's about fun it's about fun so what are what are the what are the things that you believe yourself when it comes to a person being the best that they can be and how do you draw that out of them like you're you know training the trainer and people are looking to you for guidance so and whatever you teach them is going to rub off on them and that's going to be their development to grow that's true yeah yeah you know when you say when you say that you know what comes to mind and i'll come back to your uh, to your uh, question but you know what comes to mind when training people training leaders training trainers for me the most important part is the integral the integrity is uh, us who are training walking the talk because it's different if we go in and we have the the energy the mindset the level the the, the atmosphere that we want to create and what we do in our lives and it's different if we are just pretending and we are like okay this is what we do now for you to show to show to you but it's not in reality what i'm doing so yeah uh, to to do what we preach i think that's for me as a person that's the, and as a professional is the most important uh, aspect of my work when it comes to leadership or training trainers yeah yeah it's it is about them not faking it and being themselves i i gave a talk at one of the universities there uh the other week and i was saying to them i said look watch people when they walk into a room and for the people that walk into the room with their head held high and look at everyone are people that are confident and if you walk into the room with your chin down looking at the eyes you're feeling insecure and it's about just holding your own presence. And when you're walking in, it's giving confidence. And I say to him, as you're leaving college and you're going to get involved in companies and you're going to start getting involved in networking, walk into that room as you want to be seen. Now, don't run in screaming and shouting on a skateboard, but walk in with confidence. And you'll see that the energy that you hold actually then will resonate and people will start talking to you then as well exactly yeah yeah that's that's really wonderful to uh, the world uh, to hear what you're doing and uh, how you support young professionals and how you inspire them actually i would say inspire i'm gonna come back to something that you said about commitment and it's weird that you said that because i'm talking about commitment you know every week it was it'll be curiosity or you know commitment to me knowing if something is working is the results that are being shown 
And those results that are being shown means commitment. So I have a wonderful, amazing family and the most gorgeous, wonderful, beautiful wife. And the results of that means that I'm committed to my relationship. So they're the results I'm committed to. it. I'm trying to get back and work out and do more exercise, right? To lose the, 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 the little belly, right? And keep fit and not the belly, but just keep fit. I walk every day, but I'm trying to get back into doing weights. The results are I'm not actually doing it. So I'm not really committed to it. So I need to shift my commitment. And once I shift my commitment, it means then I will see the results. And in learning this, I'm discovering that it's the one thing that we can look at leaders we can look at workshops, we can look at the deliverable of workshops, we can look at the people that are taking part in the workshop or the leadership structure, is the commitment that they have imposed, might be the wrong word, on themselves for the results that they want. Yeah, of course. How The way that I see that there is a gap in between the results and the commitment, which is the behavior or the skills that we are training. And unfortunately, in learning and development, we are mostly focused on skills and skills and skills and skills. But if you're focused only there, you lack perspective. You don't see what drives skills, which is commitment, which is motivation to do something in order to see a different result, in order to see, yeah, to see the better version of yourself, actually. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, super crucial to, be, to to revise and uh, reflect on what is my commitment and uh, how do I want to show up at the end. Yeah. So you say, it, it just elaborate on that there, that you were saying that we focus more on skills. Uh, it just, just gives a bit more information on that. Yeah, so... What I've seen with my clients the, the last, I think, two years, there is a big shift in learning and development. Um, in the past, it was more informative. Um, so okay, can we uh, provide information? Can we provide um, uh, new insights to people? And now it shifts towards, can we train people on skills? Which I think it's great. It's great to move from a more theoretical and conceptual level to a more behavioral level. At the same time, it's not enough. It's not enough because this part doesn't tackle the motivational part, uh, what we were uh, discussing now, the commitment part. So it is great, but the person needs to be committed. To give you an example, I've been training a team. I, I, I was training a team uh, over the summer, and a couple of people were lacking skills, so we really needed to upskill them. Um, they were uh, individual contributors, and they need to shift into leadership roles. Now, on their uh, on their journey to become leaders, they had to learn how to coach, you know, how to deal with difficult conversations, how to do one-to-ones. And these are skills that you can learn. There are some people, they get them much easier, some people not. And the difference at the end of the program was really between the people who were super committed to that, who were like, yeah, I really want to become a leader because this is what I want and it's super clear to me. And the people who are like, yeah, I'm getting this promotion, but I'm not really sure. I'm not committed to the leadership part. 
So you could really see the difference um, in the result. Yeah, and and that comes to their management's training skills. And you, I, I think you can use an example where you have someone who's great in a company at doing something. And because they're passionate about what they're doing, say in sales. So you have someone in sales who's really good at selling and they're kicking it out of the park every month. And the company recognized that this person is brilliant. So the company goes, right, we're going to move this person now into management as saying, well done. But when they get into management, they fail. And the reason being because they don't know how to manage. They've been put in something that their their skill set is not equipped to and they fail. And then that failure reflects on them emotionally, which then can set them back, you know, can set them back years in the career or self-confidence. So who's at, I wonder who's at fault there? Is it a company for not recognizing that the person has talent and then gives them the tools to equip? Or is it the person for not saying, I need help to do this new role? Yeah, it goes hand by hand, I think. I mean, you can't really blame only, <laughs> I mean, I'm not busy with whom to blame. Yeah, no, I'm just, look, it's just a conversation. So. It's, it's blame me, blame me. <laughs> Shift the blame. Shift the blame. The, blame. the thing is that the companies, most of the times, they have the need to promote people, you know, and it's much easier if you promote somebody eternally. It's cheaper, it's faster, it's, it's literally much easier. And uh, then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think it has to go both ways that both parties are checking in and seeing if that's a good fit or not. On the other hand, if we take the leader themselves, then what I see at least with the people that I work with is that sometimes it's just they feel that they are failing before they failed because they see that it's not a good match. But they're like, yeah, but I should be able to do that. So they are trying harder. And yet sometimes it just needs time, sometimes doesn't go this way. So, yeah, both parties, I think, need to... To, to, to do follow-ups, you know, I think in business in general, I mean, in my line of business, follow-ups are so important in your line of business, but also within an organization, after the decision is taken, there's need to be a lot of follow-up to see how things are uh, evolving. What are you finding? I know that, you, you know, people are being pushed now, or not pushed, or, you know, it's the movement towards skills and, and then it's emotional behavior as well. Have you, are you noticing any other trends um, as you are developing and growing in, in, in the leadership career as well? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there is a very big shift into emotional intelligence, and I'm pretty sure you're also aware about that because I think that's one of the side effects of the pandemic. Things are not working anymore the way that they were working before, and there is a very big need for leaders to be more empathetic to put it this way or uh, more aware of their own emotions their team's emotions so that's one thing that i've noticed quite uh, quite a lot <laughs> in requests also that i'm getting and the other thing is more connected to uh, the way that people learn 
you see more and more that um, small organizations or even larger organizations they uh, they want to have something asynchronous to support people through their journey. So be it material, be it um, audiovisual material, be it PDFs that people can read, be it a Slack message, a nice key for something that slowly, slowly support people build knowledge. And then several workshops or capstones events where people can come together and have experiences. Yeah. Yeah, we used to be to entice people into into companies. It was a, a, a company car. And then it was a company car and a mobile phone. Then it was a company car, a mobile phone, and a laptop. Then it was a company <laughs> car, mobile phone, laptop, and gym membership. So it's like this. It's like it's like on the Your first day of Christmas. <laughs> you know, on the first day of Christmas, my company gave me a car. You know, on the second day, I left, and someone else gave me. So there was all these trinkets, trinkets, yeah. and. I think, you know, which they are, that's, it's, you know, it's enticing people with the shiny object and the desires. But when they get into the company, I think it's important for them to actually have some structure within the organization that helps them grow. And I think you're spot on with that. And maybe that's where a lot of organizations have failed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is so much research around that. I think the last one that I read was from, was it Deloitte? I'm not sure that there's a very, very big percentage of people who just uh, decide to resign because there are no opportunities for growth and development within the organization. And when we talk about growth and development, we don't mean specifically or only training programs or asynchronous learning journeys, but also mentoring programs, coaching programs, opportunities for people to exchange, to feel part of the organization, to, to develop themselves, to become a better version of who they are. But that starts from the top because you cannot have a manager or a leader in a company train people below him if he hasn't been taught or has the experience or the knowledge to do it. So all you're doing is giving bad habits on bad habits. And we know when it's like software in a company, you have someone using it for 20 years and they, someone else hard in, they only show them what they've known in the, in the software. And then that person will use it. And there's thousands of other things that the software program will do, but no one has ever shown them how to do it. So they just perceive this software to be as it is and, don't know what else it does so is that that's like management where you know if a person isn't coached or trained to actually then bring other people along the company then is losing massive profits it really does and you know describing this uh and i have the same experience with you it feels sometimes that uh, organizations look like bubbles and they live in their own bubble and then whatever it's out of it it's very difficult to bring it in and how important it is when when you get when you get more open when you get eye-opening experiences or people who have like a lot of uh interest in showing different approaches or 
supporting networking and uh, bringing innovation perspectives. You see that more and more nowadays. Yeah, but but I also, and I know people will disagree with me on this, but that's, you know, this is my opinion and my show. <laughs> my house, my rules. My okay. house, my rules. Don't like to pack your bags and leave. <laughs> um, like a lot of companies are just jumping on the bandwagon and they're saying emotional intelligence. So it's a it's a a key word. Are they going? You know, we need to do a course on inclusion and diversity, but they don't really. They don't really. They're only doing it to tick a box. They're not actually. They're not, are they committed to doing it intentionally, personally, passionately for the organisation to grow? So there's the thing that I'm 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 trying to just store in my mind as as this conversation continues is that you know if you're going to do these things, do them right. Don't just do them to tick a box, to cover your ass. You're making a very big point, and uh, you know, I would, I would, I would not, not disagree with you. I would agree with you, uh, but and here is yet but. I've worked with exceptional organizations. Now you mentioned Netflix in the beginning, which is one of my current clients now, and uh, I'm not part of their inclusion. A policy, but yet I am, you know, even if I'm an external person, I am in touch with the with the leader of inclusion, and they really try so hard, and everything is reflected in the whole organization. Again, even if I'm an external person busy with the leadership. But yeah, but you know, we could argue about then as well, balance. Balance. It's balance and it is the whole thing, the world is so, you know, I'm, I talk about consciousness all the time. And for me, consciousness is being self-aware. Okay. And you cannot just in night wake up one morning and go, oh, I'm self-aware. Right. Look, oh my God, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> so for me, I've, spoken you know i've done over 300 interviews probably more i've been on this journey for multiple years and the more that i get to understand what consciousness is it's about self-aware and i think that if we start teaching people and i always say we all have this our the wisdom and knowledge are within us all we don't need someone to give us the answers because it is all within yeah very a uh, coaching approach yes yeah so if we can teach or show people to be self-aware, all those leadership and management structures will change because the person then is understanding who they are, what they represent, how they can authentically communicate with other people and accepting that other person for who they are, then an organization, in my opinion, can then flourish. But it doesn't happen overnight. There's a set of skills that needs to be brought into their frame of thought and adapted in their daily actions for them to do that. 
Would you? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, completely. I agree. I mean, my, in my example, it was more of an exemption uh, this client than the norm. But uh, yeah, it takes. They say it takes a whole village to raise a kid, and it's the same. It takes everyone in the organization, or at least at least for beginning uh, to start with the leaders of the organization, in order to create this culture, this coaching culture, or if you say, if you may say, the culture of self-reflection. And leaders are the key in this uh, in this story because if they lead by example, if at the end of the meeting they sit down and they say, okay, let's reflect on what happened, what worked well, what didn't work well, what can we do about it, or how did we deal with aspects of, uh, let's, say, uh, let's say, inclusion or sense of belonging or uh, the way that we tackled the, pro- the problem. Was it... Um, on an emotional level, how did it go? How do people feel and everything? Then they really set a very good example for the employees to do the same in their own meetings and then later on when they become leaders. Why why did you guess why did you decide to go into the into this career path of you know helping people be better leaders and developing better communication? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, in general, I have this tendency that if I understand something and I grasp it, then I want to pass it on. It's it's part of me. It's it's what thri- thri- drives me, and I think what thri- what makes me thrive in business. It comes all from within, and then I really want to pass it on. And somehow, I understand I cannot help everyone. We cannot help everyone. But if we choose to focus on at least people who have lots of influence within organizations or in the past, I worked a lot also with funding and schools and teachers. So then again, if you help this uh, at that level, then you make sure, I think, that you make a difference in a world. We're noticing as well that the younger generation, so people, when I say younger generation, I feel the gap now. I feel the gap. <laughs> you know, uh, the young, the young children of today—they uh, don't oh recognize life. Um, communication. So, people in their twenties and early thirties um, don't like talking, or are more comfortable texting, or communicating through digital means which in itself has an effect on on a business. So knowing this, should we as, as you know, companies accept this or go, hang on, for us to grow, we need to take your skills and give you new skills. And these new skills are confidence to be able to use all types of communication. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a tango dance over there. It's uh, you cannot take away, you cannot push things in. It has to be like a dance where people, when the new generation, all these youngsters, oh my god, I feel old now. <laughs> but 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 there is a gap. I see it when I train uh, people who are Generation X, or even when I communicate with my sisters that I told you I come from a very big family. It's the same, and it's not only the part of um, 
being more, um, let's say, confident or comfortable to uh, to do asynchronous communication via text, but it's also the part of setting limits and saying, ah, I'm not going to work under these conditions or I'm not going to do this because I don't want. Well, for us, for me at least, or I think in my generation, there was no question, you know. I, I also come from Greece, which, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a very poor country and it's been in crisis for as long as I remember myself, like financial crisis. So there was no question. Is it the situation difficult? Difficult? It's okay. I'm going for it. I'm, you know, nipples in the air and you go. But things now, the situation is not different, but people are different. And I kind of respect that. Yeah, and I think that the relationship between Ireland and Greece is we've had hardship, and we've we've understood what what it means to have recessions, and I think going back to the the beginning of our conversation is it's about our family life that gives us the confidence, and I think having living it like i was you know in the 80s when everybody was leaving ireland because there was no work here um and there was you know high inflation and everything going back in the 70s and everything so that creates us but the last 20 years or so there's been none of that really and the the thing then that we talk about is a you know recession and people are you know don't mention that dirty word, but is there a generation that kind of go when a recession hits in or when there is complete meltdown within a market, they're going to be coming back to the people who have you know lived through hard times to go. Can you help us here because <laughs> we've no idea what's going on. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, because I live in the, in the Netherlands and I feel that in this country, I've never felt that we went through a crisis, financial crisis, although they've been telling me that they, we were when I arrived here like eight years ago. I feel that you guys, you really don't know what's crisis and what's really... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's hitting yourself on the tongue with a hammer or cutting your tongue <laughs> off. There's a difference. They're both crises. <laughs> Uh, the, the, they don't cause pain <laughs> ones. yeah so different you know, levels <laughs> yeah there's different levels so w- what I'm trying to get at is you know is that with leadership and with the ages that we all grow and the experience that we get and the knowledge that we have everybody shouldn't rule out all the other generations point of view because collectively it'll help a company grow. And that's going back to even inclusion and diversity and emotional intelligence. It's like you're just a big pot that you throw all the ingredients in with all the different ages and store it around and throw it out to see what shows up. But if you have a good leader at the top who understands it, and is committed to it, the company will flourish. Uh, I agree. Like a beautiful flower. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look, we're running out of time here. I'm just ask you quickly, um, what do you see the future in, in leadership and in, 
you know, business coming into the next, into 2023? What do you see the future being from what your gut feeling? I have the impression that things are going to get more, more balanced. You know, we went through the pandemic. We went, we are slowly, some countries already hit by recession. And I think 2023 will be more balanced, will be more focused, and things are going to become more and more stable. That's my feeling for it. As they say, it's going to be the best year ever. (laughs) (laughs) Every year. Every every year, the best year ever. Elena, thanks for coming on to Dublin South FM. But before we go, tell me if someone wants to reach out to you on LinkedIn or they want to, you know, read some of your information or listen to some of the stuff that you've done online, where can people find you? Oh, on LinkedIn is the best place because I'm pretty, I'm one of the usual suspects there. <laughs> so Lena Nasiaku, then Embodied Learning is uh, my tagline and uh, my website, lenasmoves.com. This is where I post articles, uh, newsletters are coming by and yeah, easy to find. All the, all, and it's all a good read as well. It's great information and it'll get you thinking, get you thinking, which is the important <laughs> thing. Thank you for coming on to Dublin South FM. What if you could have a sustainable business without the liquidity concerns and make your company more profitable? Curious? Check out our tried and tested proven client acquisition formula. Go to www.joedalton.ie and book your free consultation now.